this is episode one of the history portion of our podcast and this is the ninth episode of the mark and olivia podcast i was right in the conspiracy theories episode it was episode eight so this is episode nine but this this is the first episode of i'm going to title this history lessons with professor Burthen. Um, and let me know if you like that title. I could also come up with something else, but that's the title. So this first episode, um, I'm currently recording this at almost exactly noon. Um, I was originally supposed to go play some soccer with Keller at 12, but he, something came up. So we're going to do that at one. So I just came up with the spontaneous idea to, to record this episode now. And this first episode, I think, and the first two, at least for me, are going to focus on um, the countries where I have heritage from Bolivia and Bulgaria. So this episode is going to focus on Bolivia specifically. So Bolivia, as you know, is a country in South America. It is, um, one of two landlocked nations, um, in the continent and some cities include, you'll see, um, the cover photo of this will be the map with some cities, but you have on the North, you have Cobija. Uh, you also have, Trinidad, which is more in the center, um, the capital, um, which is La Paz, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you have Santa Cruz. Um, I'm going to look up also some more statistics. You have Santa Cruz, of course, which is more Easter, easterly. Cochabamba, um, that's a city um, where I have a lot of family as well. And then where my dad is from and where I have most of my family and where most of my Bolivian family is from is from Oruro, which I will also talk about later. We also have Potosi, um, closer to the south, which is near the Salar de Uni, which we will also talk about. And then pretty south is Tarija, near the border with Argentina and Paraguay. So Bolivia is, um, again, a country in South America. It is, um, again, landlocked. I'm trying to see the population. Hold on. But it is, speak Spanish, of course, and the capital, as I said, was La Paz, Bolivia. And La Paz, Bolivia is the tallest, not the tallest, the highest capital in the world. It is located at nearly 12,000 feet. Um, and it is one of the highest places on earth, but again, the highest capital in, um, in, in the world. And let's say um, you land in Bolivia, there's this place so that the main airport is in La Paz, which is the capital. But the airport, they call it El Alto, which in Spanish to English, it translates to the heights. Um, it is actually nearly 14,000. And that's where you land. So actually, Again, we'll get into the story of why I can't go and why I've never been to Bolivia, but eventually we'll go together. And when we land, we might have to just take a breather and sit down because, again, it is 14,000 feet high. So a lot of people are prone to getting sick. They have like literally like a hospital in the airport because people get sick. They faint because of the altitude, like the change in, in pressure. But if you think about it, 14,000 feet, let's say you're traveling at... 35,000 feet for your for your flight, you're only dropping like 20,000 feet when in reality, you should be dropping 35,000 because like Vermont's nearly at sea level, I'm pretty sure it's only like a 1000 feet above sea level. So that's a that's a funny thing. And again, um, my mom jokes and we joke with my mom that if we ever go again, my mom's never been just like I've never been. Um, 
she might she might have to take a breather and like have like an oxygen mask or anything because that's just how it is and it takes some time to to get used to but anyways la paz is the capital and i was trying to find the population the population of bolivia is 11.5 million so it is pretty large it is of course not um as large compared to some of the other countries in um the the regions such as brazil argentina um colombia others like that um and then the surrounding countries just to get into that we have peru on the northern western side and um that shares lake titicaca lake lake titicaca um which is a funny sounding name but it is a very famous lake and it is partly in bolivia and partly in peru so we'll also talk about lake titicaca it also shares a border with chile and we talked about how bolivia used to have access to the ocean and then lost it um in the battle with chile it also borders argentina on the south and southeast it borders paraguay and then it has the biggest border with brazil all along that east that easternly border so that is kind of the main, main points involving Bolivia. And I actually found a little timeline. So I'm going to go through the history of Bolivia right now. So in 1538, a Spanish conquer, the Spanish conquered Bolivia, which became part of the vice royalty of Peru. So it became a part of Peru. And then 1545, um, Silver Mountain or or Xerorico discovered at Potosi in the southwest, providing Spain with immense wealth. So that was another thing. So in Bolivia, this is what it's saying, that the Spanish ended up finding a lot of rich ores, and that's why they call it Silver Mountain, and in Spanish, Xerorico, and Rico translates to rich. Um, and this was discovered in that city I mentioned towards the south, Potosi. It's a big city in Bolivia. Um, and again, they provided the Spain with a big source of, of income. So the Spanish really took advantage of that. And then we cut a big, we have a big time jump because there was rule for, for nearly 300 years, the Spanish did. And then at 1824, in 1824, Venez Venezuelan, wow, I can't pronounce words today. Venezuelan freedom fighter Simon Bolivar funny enough, Bolivar, after whom Bolivia is named after, liberates the country from Spanish rule. So in 1824, they were liberated from Spanish rule by Simon Bolivar, hence why it is called Bolivia. Um, and the currency is called Bolivianos as well, and Simon Bolivar is a prominent figure um, all around uh, South America. And then the next, the next year we have uh, Simon Bolivar becoming the president, and Bolivia became independent. So 1825 is the year that Bolivia became independent. So about 11 years after, Bolivia enters into federation with Peru, but the federation fails following Peru's defeat in war with Chile. So this again, this is about the time when there was this war with Chile, when Bolivia ended up losing that coastal, that coastal axis and ended up becoming landlocked. So here, this the next point is actually this. So in 1879, Bolivia becomes landlocked after losing mineral-rich coastal territory in the Atacama. The Atacama is a pretty famous desert. You probably know it in Chile, the Atacama Desert. Um, and they lost territory there. And that's how Chile gained that kind of like thinnish, thinnish um, land right next to Bolivia. And of course, uh, Bolivia became landlocked. Then Bolivia also lost rubber-rich province of Acre in Brazil. Um, and then this starts up period, and I'm going to get into it. I, I told you that um, there's a, a big list. There's a couple presidents in Bolivian history, and I told you. The birth in Silas, so my grandmother um, 
who sadly passed away. Um, the one you saw, you saw her in the baby videos, and she's in this picture um, on my desk, the one where I'm a little kid with my little, like, overalls. But she is part of the Siles thing. So my grandfather on my dad's side was Bertin, and my grandmother was Siles. And the Siles name was very big, was a very prominent name. The Bertin name was also very prominent, but not as prominent as the Siles. So I have some some relatives you'll see i'm gonna list go through the list of presidents because it's very funny i did this one time in dinner with my dad um and we went through the whole list of presidents and it's so funny because there's so many funny things like coups all that stuff like presidents lasted like a day and some lasted like 40 years it's crazy but we'll get that we'll get to that in a second but anyways around the early 19th century so bolivia lost of course that um province to, to Brazil. And then in 1920, a rebellion by the indig indigenous people started. 1923, revolt by the miners is violently suppressed. So there was a big, big event with the miners. Then Bolivia lost even more territory to Paraguay after it was defeated in the Chaco War, which is a big thing. And my great, great grandfather actually fought in this. We have some of his, um, some of his um, war war relics, which I will show you one day eventually. They're stored very safe, but like uniforms, stuff like that. And then literally, this is so funny. We'll get to this in a second. But literally the next point, I'm reading this off the BBC timeline. It just says, in all bold, military coups. Because there was this period. We'll get to it when I... The next thing I'm going to talk about is the presidents. It was military coup after coup. It was hilarious. I remember we did this, and I mentioned this in my in my essay for MIT, how in dinner we have some really great conversations. And I remember this dinner, it was a, a couple months ago. We spent like an hour just going through the list of presidents and like seeing how everything transitioned. And it, it was so funny seeing all the coups and like presidents that lasted like a day, literally. So anyways, let's progress so we can get into that, actually. So in 1952... Peasants and miners overthrow the military regime. So again, more coup type stuff. And then Victor Paz Estenosoro returns from exile to become president and introduces social and economic reforms. So again, this is kind of this this in the in the 19th century or the 20th century. Why am I saying 19th century? That's 1800s. But in the mid and early 20th century, there was a big thing again with the military coups and people overthrowing people and people establishing different things. And then here, 1964, Vice President uh, Rene Barrientos stages a military coup. Then 1967, U.S. helps suppress peasant uprising led by Ernesto Guevara Che Guevara, which is a big, uh, a big figure in Bolivia. Um, you you might have heard of him. He's also a big figure just in general in politics in the Latin America world. But who is killed after being betrayed by peasants? Then Vice President Siles Salinas replaces Barrientos, who was killed in, in, a in a plane crash. Oh my god, I can't talk this morning. I'm literally choking on myself. Um, is killed in a plane crash, but Salinas is himself deposed by the army, which rules. So literally this whole, like, the 1960s was just over, like, literally the next point, 1971. Cole Hugo Banzer Suarez comes to power after staging military coup. Then 1974, Banzer postpones elections and bans political and trade union activity in wake of an attempted coup. So another coup was going to happen to him. Then General Luis Garcia stages a coup in 1980. After inconclusive elections, U.S. and European countries suspend aid to Bolivia with corruption and drug trafficking. Then General... So this is a long name. Celso Torello Villa replaces Garcia, who is forced to resign. Then Torello resigns as president as the economy worsens. I'm going to get into all this. This is, again, 1980s. 
Then Siles Zuazu, who leads a leftist government, um, comes into power. Then in 1983, U.S. and European countries resume aid. Then finally in the 1980s, late 18, 1980s, democracy um, and economic collapse happens. Then Siles resigns. And if I'm hinting at Siles, Siles, I mentioned Siles. Yes, that is the Siles that I'm related to, but we'll get to that in a second. Siles resigns in the wake of a general strike and an attempted coup. So an attempted coup on, I think... I'm not sure what he is, but my, my relative had an attempted coup on him. So that's fun. And there's been many attempted coups on some of my relatives. But again, we'll get to that in a second. But elections held are inconclusive. Um, and Siles, Siles gets thrown out for um, this Paz Estonocero guy again, who literally we talked about in the 1960s. So he comes back after like 20 years and he's the president once again. 1986, 21,000 miners lose their jobs following the collapse of the market. Then 1989, Jaime Pazomaro becomes president um, and becomes uh, kind of like a power sharing pack with the former dictator Hugo Banzer, which we mentioned earlier. 1993, Banzer withdraws from the presidential race, um, which is won by Gonzalo Sanchez Lozada. Banzer then becomes president once again seven years later. Then Banzer tells the United Nations that he is committed to freeing Bolivia from drugs before the end of his term in 2002. 1999, encouraged by moves to prosecute former Chilean dictator, opposition demands inquiry into Banzer's role. Then Banzer announces... Um, eradication of plantations involving coca so coca is the cocaine plant there that's a big thing um in bolivia it's grown there a lot so that's another big thing that happened in 2000 banzer ended up dying in 2002 um in 2001 the president uh vice president jorge quiroga is sworn in president replacing hugo banzer who died from cancer and then this is kind of modern day history but Again, it was very iffy. And then, here we go. This is where things start getting getting bad. In 2005, socialist leader Evo Morales wins presidential elections. Oh, that's my email. And Evo Morales, again, we'll get into it in a second, but Evo Morales is currently still the president. Even though if you look it up, he's not listed as the president. It is someone else named Arce. But that started, again, another period of, of, of unrest. And again, that's one of the main reasons we can't go to Bolivia and my dad can't go because he has written um, so many things against that uh, against the government and Evo Morales that if we go, my dad would get thrown in jail. He'd be arrested. Um, and again, that's just, that just shows kind of the, the, the state of the nation. So one day, hopefully, when Evo Morales is gone, um, we will be able to go. Um, together and of course with my parents and my dad because of course I never I've never been and um, maybe you'll get to you'll get to experience me meeting some of my relatives for the first time ever with me so that'd be fun so that's kind of the timeline so now getting into some of the presidents I might have to split this up into two parts because it is 12 10 already and I'm gonna have lunch in a little bit before I go out to play some soccer with Keller so I'm gonna, I might split this up in two parts because I still have a lot to talk about. But let's get into the presidents. So again, um, this is in 1825. Remember, that's when um, Bolivia was, was, was founded and became independent. So the first president, Jose Mariano Serrano, um, lasted five days. And then, as I said, as we, we got in the thing, 
Um, actually, no, there was another. I forgot. Look at look at this. So we have this Jose Mariano Serrano, 6th of August to eight, of 1825 to 11th of August, 1825. He was president. He assumed command upon declaration of independence. Then on the 11th of August, Antonio Jose de Sucre assumed command while waiting for Simon Bolivar to become president. So he was president for a day. He lasted from 11th of August to 12th of August. Of August. Then um, Simon Bolivar, of course, the liberator of Bolivia, he became president. Um, he lasted um, six days. Um, and then he came back for a little bit and renounced his position on the 29th of December of that same 1825. So he lasted... A couple months. And again, this is a very long list. Then Antonio Sucre comes back for a couple months, actually a couple years, three years. That same guy that was the second kind of like interim that lasted a day. Um, then Jose Maria Perez de Urideña in 1828 becomes president for a couple months, April to August. Then August to um, December of that year, Jose Miguel de Velasco um, comes into office. Then this is kind of a bland period. Oh, this is the first assassination. So Pedro Blanco Soto, December, he was elected December um, 18th, 1828. And he lasted until 26th of December, 1828. So that's what, eight days. And then he was assassinated. <laughs> so that was that. And then the Jose Miguel de Velasco comes back for four months in 1829. Then Andres de Santa Cruz comes in um, for a good seven years, actually. So he that's the longest so far. So that's a, for a new person. He, ooh, he actually lasted a couple years after that, Andres de Santa Cruz. Then Mariano Enrique Calvo comes in in um, 1839, and he resigned from office that same year. Then Jose Miguel de Velasco, this is the third time we've got to him. And then this is this is where we begin to say to see insane things. So in the, this is in 1839 already. He was um he became president 22nd of February, lasted two years until the 10th of June, and then um there was a coup attempt that took him out. And he was actually installed originally by a coup. So he was installed by he became president by a coup. And then he was kicked out of office by a coup. Then uh, Sebastian Agreda comes in for a month, then resigns. And he also came in, of course, from the coup from Jose Miguel de Velasco, who we've seen already like three times. He was the president like three times already. Mariano Enrique Calvo, who was the longest serving, or actually, no, he only lasted like three years. But he comes back once again. Um, and then... He lasted, what, two months, three months, and then he was uh, deposed by a coup once again. What does this say? He, there was no government for five days in September of 1841. Then Jose Balivian comes into the presidency 27th of September 1841. Um, and lasts six years, and then he resigned from Chile and fled. He resigned from office and fled to Chile. Yeah, he was installed originally by the coup. Uh, but on the previous president, which is the Mariano guy. Um, and then he resigned to office and fled. Then the next president, Eusebio Guillarte, um, 23rd of December, 1847, he became president. And then a month, actually not even a month later, literally 10 days later, or actually a year and 10 days later, he was deposed by a coup once again. 
Once again, no government for 16 days in 1848. Then Jose Miguel de Velasco. This is his fourth time. He comes back 18th of January, 1848. He lasts eight months. And then once again, he's deposed by a coup. This guy, this Jose Miguel de Velasco, I swear, he's been installed by a coup like 40 times, but he's also been subject to a coup like 40 times. Then after this, we get Manuel Isoloro Belsu. Um, he lasted, ooh, that's a good seven years, but then he resigned from office and he was declared as a dictator. Fun times, fun times. Um, Jorge Cordova then becomes president in 1855, lasting two years. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. He was defeated by insurgents and then he just fled. He was just gone. So that's a funny thing. Then in 1857, Jose Maria Linares comes in. He lasts four years. And then as Bolivian tradition goes, he was deposed by another coup. What does this say? From 14 January to 4th of May, 1861, the presiden presidency was fulfilled by military stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have Jose Maria de Acha. He lasted three years and once again was deposed by a coup. So that's a nice little streak of three or four presidents deposed by coups. Then here we go. Mariano Melgarejo installed 1864 by from that previous coup. He lasted seven years and then again he was deposed by a coup. He also was a declared dictator. Fun times once again. Then Agustin Morales. Poor dude. He was um, installed 15th of January, 1871. And on the 27th of November, 1872, he was assassinated. Fun times, once again. Wow, this is a miracle. Tomas Frias Ametled. He's the first president on this list that successfully just nothing happened. There was no coup, no assassination. It just says it only lasted a year, but 20th of November, 1872 to 9th of May, 1873. He served as president and just end of term. Then Adolfo Balivian, I think he's related to that other Balivian that I mentioned um, earlier in the list, the one that fled, I'm pretty sure. If I go back, hold on, I want to see. Yeah, he's he's related to the Bolivian from a lot earlier that resigned from office and fled to Chile. So Adolfo Bolivian becomes president May of 1873 and lasts a year and then he resigns from office. Then Thomas Thomas Fries Ametler, the, the president before Adolfo Bolivian, which we just talked about, he comes back last two years, 1874 to 1876. And then here again, the coup, the coup start again. So he gets cooed coup d'etat and um ilorian daza takes over 1876 last three years he cedes command and he's also declared deposed in his absence so kind of a coup but not really um once again no government for like a year total destruction <laughs> wow another guy that had his, his term just oh this is a nice little period of time where nothing really happens in the late 1880s, um, we had a couple presidents who just served who served regular terms. Narciso Campero, Gregorio Pacheco, Aniceto Arce, Mariano Baptista, and then literally 1900 on the dot, Severo Fernandez ends that wonderful streak of just regular presidencies. Um, 
and he gets deposed by a coup after three years. Then Jose Manuel Pando, once again, um, there's a story involving, I remember Pando, my dad told me the story involving him, is that my my great-great-grandfather, or my relative who's president, who I think we're about to get to, was very good friends with him. And that's a story he can tell you one time at dinner, but he ended his term after five years, Jose Manuel Pando, this is already 1904, so again, right before World War One, and then World War One kind of starts this, this interesting period of um, more coups and stuff like that. So we have a nice little period, Ismael Montes is president twice at the time um who else then 1820 finally we go back to the coup tradition of bolivia jose gutierrez guerra last three years and deposed by a coup then bautista saavedra becomes president in 1921 for four years he resigns felipe segundo guzman um lasts a year between september 1925 and this and january 1926 actually that's not even a year that's a couple months and then here we go, my relative, Hernando Siles Reyes. He was president between 10th of January 1926 and 28th of May 1930, and then he ended up resigning. But that's still a good four years for my, for my relative here, and he actually comes back to be president, you'll see in a little bit. But after that, Carlos Blanco comes in, he um, lasts a year, um... What is this? Daniel Salamanca then comes in. He lasts three years. Then he resigns from office under military pressure. So not a coup, but basically a coup. Then again, we go back to the coups. Jose Luis Tejado Sorzano comes in 1934. So this is again now World War II. We're entering that period in the world. And he's deposed by a coup after two years. David Toro now comes in. He lasts a year and he resigns from military pressure once again. So not a coup, but basically a coup. Then German Bush, he lasts two years, but he dies in office. He was a declared dictator, again, 1940. Carlos Quintanilla lasts a year. Um, Enrique Peñaranda in the 1940s, early 1940s, he lasts three years, deposed by a coup. Ooh, now this is fun. More fun assassinations. Gilberto Villarreal, he lasts three years and is assassinated. Um, Nestor Guilén um, lasts literally a month. Um, then he ends the mandate, so end of term. Then this Tomás Monge lasts another year. Um, and... He ends mandate. Then Enrique Ertosoc, this is already 1949. He resigns from office after two years. Mamerto Urial Goltia, um, lasts two years. Then he resigns. Hugo Balivian, again, this Balivian name. So this is already the third Balivian. The first one fled to Chile. The second one was deposed by a coup. And this one, once again, lasts a year and was deposed by a coup. Um... Now we have Victor Paz Estenocero, which remember we talked about um, in that timeline. He lasts four years. And then here, my second relative, Hernán Siles. So we had, let's go back. We had um, Hernando Siles Reyes. That's my first relative. He was president in the 1920s and he resigned after four years. And then um, in 1956, for four years, nothing happened. We had Hernán Siles Suazo. 
another relative of mine. Then Victor Paz comes back after my, my relative for four years, but he was deposed by a coup. A coup. Then Irene Barrientos comes in in the 1960s, and we have a whole mess with him resigning, then coming back. Then this Alfredo guy comes in in military rule. Then Irene Barrientos comes back again in 1969, but he dies in office. Then this Luis Adolfo Siles Salinas. Um, I don't think he he has the Siles name, but I do not think he was related to um to me. I might be wrong, though, but he was deposed in a coup after three months. Alfredo Ovando Candia takes over. Then he was deposed in a coup the same year. Uh, then we enter a good a good period of time. Then Juan Jose Torres takes over. Last a year, coup. Hugo Banzer, who was this big figure that we talked about, this big military figure, he comes in for seven years as almost a dictator. Then he resigns from office after military pressure. Then we enter a period of a year where we had four different presidents all who were, like, it's insane, all who had coups against them. Juan Perala, David Padilla, Walter Guevara, that's Che Guevara, Guevara, oh my god, I can't speak, Alberto Nautush, and then the first female, and really the only one comes in for a year, Lydia, almost like Lydia, but in Spanish, of course, you probably like Lydia, she comes in, this poor lady, she lasts a year and then she gets deposed by a coup. So this is already 1980. Then we have another big thing of military. Of In two years, we had four presidents um, who all ceded command after military pressure. And then here comes Hernán Siles once again to save the day, my relative, represent, represent. Cuba, Orishas, and the Lao de Habana. But yeah, represent, represent, represent. He comes in after all this military destruction and all these coups in 1982. He comes back. So this is his second term. Hernán Siles Suazo, my relative. Um, he, he, nothing bad happens to him after all those coups. He lasts the three years and he's president once again. Then Victor Paz comes back. Then we enter kind of the more the more formal period, not many cues, more just regular terms. This is already early 2000s. Hugo Banzer comes in once again, that that early dictator who we saw in the timeline as well. He comes back for four years um, up until 2001. He resigns. And then here we have Evo Morales, of course, coming in 2006. And he's been basically that ever since. And there's been just kind of a whole mess with that. So that is the presidents of Bolivia and just the fun little history. And I'm actually going to pause it there. This will be the first part of my Bolivia series. Um, I have a lot to talk about, but I got to go have lunch. And um, I hope you enjoy this. I'm going to continue it after I get back. And I love you so much. And I can't wait to share more about the, the wonderful country of Bolivia. All right, that's it.